Hello and welcome to episode 44 of the Forward Progress Football Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Barty, and with NFL kickoff today, it's time to do some predictions, baby. Let's get on into it. All right, guys, so it's finally time for my official win total predictions for each and every NFL team. Uh, if you want a more detailed uh, breakdown of each roster, you can go check out my Who Are They series. I'm going to be putting the link in the description below. And yeah, let's just get right on into it then. So kicking things off with the NFC East and fourth place, I have the Giants going four and 13. And as you see there on the graphic, um, their record is in red. So if I think that they're going to go under their Vegas over under, that's going to be red. If I think that it's over, then that's going to be labeled in green. Um, yeah, so I see the Giants as having the worst record in the NFC East, finishing at four and 13. I'm just not really a big believer in Daniel Jones, Kenny Galladay, um, I really like Kenny Galladay before he came over to the Giants, but he just doesn't look the same here. This offensive line, it's like heading in the right direction, but is it going to be enough for this year? And Saquon, he's a huge wild card, but even then it's a running back. So how much can he even really move the needle? And there isn't really much to be excited for on this defense outside of the defensive line, which I actually do kind of like. And third place, we have the Commanders going 7-10. and 10. So Carson Wentz, he's going to have his ups and downs, just like always. He's going to have some good games where you're like, oh, yeah, that's why they trade for him. And some bad games where it's like, oh, yeah, that's why two teams just gave up on him. And the rest of this, this team, I don't think, has talented enough to overcome the downs. Um, this defense is loaded with talents, but it played poorly last year, surprisingly. And they kept the same defensive coordinator, Jack Del Rio, who I feel like always underwhelms despite being like this defensive genius label. And then second place in the NFC East, I have the Dallas Cowboys finishing eight and nine. So the loss of Coop and both their tackles is going to hurt their offenses, no doubting it. Um, you can see a direct correlation in how Dak plays based off of the surrounding talent around him. And this is going to be like one of the worst groups that he has had. Um, still some good pieces, of course, with CeeDee Lamb, but I'm just not as optimistic as I was about their offense last year. And then there's going to be some turnover aggression on the defense. They aren't going to get as many picks, just how the NFL goes. Um, and Parsons, he's going to need to do a lot to keep this defense together, which he's capable of, but that's a lot to put on the shoulders of a second-year player. And that means I have the Eagles finishing first at 11-6. and six. I'm buying the rise. Hurts, he's been improving every year since he came into college, a freshman at Alabama. He's got one of the top wide receiver duos in the league, a good tight end, a great offensive line. And then this defensive line might be even better than their offensive line. They've got good corners there too. This could just be a solid, great all-around team. All right. And then in the NFC South, we have the Falcons at 2-15. and 15. So this is just a talent-depleted roster. They're full rebuild mode. They don't have a quarterback of the future. Maybe Desmond Ritter, they'll trot him out, but don't know, no established quarterback, you know. Um, their offensive line is shaky at best, and there's really not a lot of talent on this defense outside of A.J. Terrell. Then I have the Panthers finishing third in the division at 5-12. and 12. This is more so about the tough schedule that they have. I like Baker, but he's been so up and down. Um, C-Mac, he can never stay healthy anymore, so can you really put too much stock into him? Like, I want him to be good, and maybe this, the Panthers will finish with a record, better record if they can't, if uh, McCaffrey can't stay healthy throughout the season, but we're just going to have to see. This offensive line is improving, but it's still a question mark. 
And then the defense has a lot of young talent. They just need to like step up and establish themselves. Commanding a second in the NFC South, we have the Saints at nine and eight. Um, I think Jameis has a bit of a bounce back here. Like he's talented, and every time he plays, he plays good. He just has that one season with crazy turnovers, and people just think that's who he is. Um, this offense, it should be good. Maybe not great. There are questions on the offensive line. Um, Michael Thomas coming back. Is he going to be good again? Chris Olave as a rookie. There are definitely questions on this offense, but I think it still should be good. And also, how does it look without Sean Payton? Pete Carmichael has been there forever, so the offense coordinator is sticking around. Um, I think they should just be fine. Not too worried. This defense also, it looks great. It could be one of the best in the leagues, but... The trading of Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is concerning, and then Marcus May just got arrested too, so have to keep an eye out on that. And then I have the Bucks then finishing first in the NFC South at 11-6. and six. I definitely could see a slow start for this team, but I'm not like doubting them at all. They're going to figure it out after a few weeks, get everyone rolling, get everyone clicking. By January, they're going to be one of the powerhouses. Um, they, don't, they just don't really have any huge holes on the rosters. Just like some aging veterans. And this offensive line, it is a bit questionable. So that might hold them back. But I feel like they'll find a way to overcome it, you know. Moving on to the NFC North, I have the Bears finishing last at 3-14. and 14. So maybe this staff just loves Bryce Young or CJ Stroud because they just gave no help for Justin Fields. This could be the worst wide receivers and offensive line. Um, there's not much on their defensive line besides Quinn. Um... This, the linebackers are good, but Roquan, he's a question mark. Is he going to want to play? Is he going to be as committed for a team that's not willing to pay him? Um, I do actually like the secondary, though. A lot of young pieces. They spend a couple of second-round draft picks on that. So I'm excited for the direction of the defense, but this offense is just rudderless and not wins games in the NFL, you know? So in third place, I have the Lions finishing at 7-10. and 10. So improving upon last year, but maybe not all the way to where some Lions fans are wanting to get. But, you know, they're starting to restore the roar. Uh, Williams, when he comes back, he's going to help this offense a lot. Jameson Williams, the wide receiver. Uh, and there's a lot of young pieces here, so they should be in a lot of close games, just like they were last year. Uh, I'm excited to see this deep pass rush, too. They have a lot of talented edge defenders, a lot of youth there, too, young guys. A guy drafted second overall and then another one drafted in the second round this year. Lots lots of fun players to be watching on their defense. And the big swing factor, I feel like, on their defense, though, is Jeffrey Okuda. Can he be the same player that we saw in college now in year three? Second place in the NFC North, I'm going to say that the Vikings are going to finish 10-7. and seven. They, they just got like a super loaded roster, but a lot of injury-prone players, too. Kirk always produces, but can he step up in the big moments? They have amazing wide receivers, uh, running back in Dalvin Cook, and Irv Smith, he's a breakout candidate at tight end. I really like him. This O-line definitely has their question marks, but there is a lot of youth and established starters, too, with Brian O'Neill. So those have some upsides. And this new coaching staff should give a boost to the offense, unlike Mike Zimmer. This defense is a bit concerning, not because of the talent. They have a lot of top-end talent, but there are older and injury-prone players like Daniel Hunter and Zedarius Smith on the edge um, with like not a lot of depth behind them. Eric Kendricks at linebackers had some injury questions, and Pat Pete and Harrison Smith in the secondary. So hopefully everyone can stay healthy and um, not lose like stamina as this season goes along because they're going to need them, definitely. And then in first place, I have the Packers, still at 13-4. and four. Um, the wide receivers look scary. A lot of you guys are going to be like, yo, what the 
hell is this guy talking about? 13-4 for the Packers with no wide receivers, but Rodgers is a back-to-back MVP, and someone is going to step up here. There is talent in the wide receiver room, just untapped potential, I feel like, and Rodgers is going to need to throw the ball to someone. Maybe it's even Aaron Jones. This is the best running back duo in the league, I think. Maybe maybe the Browns, but I, I really like Jones and Dylan. Jones can be a wide receiver if they need him to, like a slot, or even go all the way out wide a tiny bit. And if this whole O-line can stay healthy, it's top three easy. Um, the defense is loaded every position at, on paper, no weak link. It's honestly kind of astounding. Like, they have a elite edge in Rashad Gary. Like, he's defensive player of the year candidate. People will underrate him. Jair Alexander, one of the best cornerbacks in the league, probably number two right behind um, Jalen Ramsey. And then the safeties with Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, their linebackers, Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker, just they just don't really have any holes on that defense, and it could easily be the best in the league. And with Rodgers at quarterback, they're going to have a good passing attack no matter what, and this running game is going to be wild. So, yeah, don't, don't sleep on the Packers. All right, so for the NFC West, I have the Seahawks finishing in last place at 6-11. Um, they won't be good, but I can't imagine this team being terrible. Geno Smith is going to provide a floor that just they, they will win games. They're going to get the offense going and just do do enough to win a couple low-scoring bouts, you know? And Penny and Walker, they're going to be good running backs. That's a good running back duo as long as they can stay healthy. Both of them do have some injury question marks. Lockett and Metcalf are always a great duo. And adding Fanton there, I think, is going to give them, like, at least a decent passing attack. This offensive line is bad, but I'm pretty optimistic about their young tackles. And the D has some problems. They need rookie like um, Boyamafe to step up and produce. And there's a lot of question marks, youth in the secondary. They right now have two rookies slated to start. So in a fourth and a fifth round rookie, so not like high, high draft picks. Um, in third place, I have the Cardinals finishing nine and eight. I think they're gonna have like the opposite of a normal card season. They're going to start slow, but finish strong with D-Hop coming back. Uh, the offense is going to be shaky early on, but when everyone comes back together, when D-Hop comes back, and I feel like they're just going to start getting clicking, you know? Um, this defense definitely is concerning, though. I think can hold them back a bit. There's just like a lack of pass rush, a couple of young linebackers, and they do have a strong safety duo, but unproven corners. Um, they made it work last year, though, with Vance Joseph, so we'll see if they can like put it all together again, and yeah finished just above 500. And then I have the Rams in second place in the NFC West at 11 and six. The brutal schedule hurts the Rams. Um, I don't think that they're gonna be much worse off than they were last season. Uh, they're gonna beat some tough teams, but not all of them. And they're in a division that's always tough to lose a couple games there. This offensive line also has a couple new starters, but other than that, this team is mostly running the back. And this team, they went 12 and five last year, so not really even like a big drop off I'm predicting. But I do have the Niners finishing first in the division at 12 and five. I am buying all of the Trey Lance hype. And like, I think he's at least gonna be good enough to make this offense one of the top ones with uh, Shanahan's play calling. The offensive side of the football looks good everywhere outside of the line. Like I'm, I'm questionable about the line. But Trent, he's a god, and Shanahan knows how to make the offensive line look better with his scheme and the rollouts and all that stuff that he does. This defense is loaded, too. Hopefully, everyone can stay healthy this year. Like, it definitely, I, I can see it finishing as a top-five defense. 
And then based off of those records, this is how I see the playoff picture with the Packers getting the one seed and the bye, the 49ers having the two seed, the Buccaneers having the three seed, Eagles with the four seed, Rams with the five seed, Vikings with the six seed, and then the Saints beating out the Cardinals with the tiebreaker to get the seventh seed. Um, and then for the rest of the seeding, you can need the local. Or if you're listening to this, Cardinals at 8, Cowboys at 9, Lions at 10, Commanders at 11, Seahawks at 12, Panthers at 13, Giants at 14, Bears at 15, and the Falcons as the worst team in the NFC at 16th place. All right, now moving on to the AFC. We got the AFC East starting off with the Jets finishing in last place in the division once again. 5-12, and 12, the Zach Wilson injury is going to hurt his development, hurt where they wanted him to be by the time the season start. And with a slow start with Flacco and Wilson coming back and dealing with like the transition and just getting reaccumulated to the offense, there are so many pieces to like on this offense. But, like, man, can this quarterback room, whether it's Flacco or Wilson, can they put it together and make it click? Same with the defense. The, it worked ranked 32nd in the year last year with Robert Saul, the defensive guru, at head coach uh, there's a lot of new talent namely sauce johnson you're getting lost and back off of injury it should be better like on paper they look like a good defense but will it actually be that's yet to be seen in third place i have the patriots going eight and nine this offense without a coordinator it's going to struggle like a boat without a rudder uh, sophomore slump is ain't coming for mac i'm definitely seeing this just like not any real exciting weapons to go to. This offensive line is just going to be fine. Like this offense is just going to be fine. It's I, I'm just nothing that's really going to get you excited. And, but they will like be good enough getting like 20-ish points a game, but not like knock your socks off type of deal. And this defense will be good, but there are count question marks at all level. Um, Belichick is going to coach the hell out of them and make players play better than they should but I just don't think that's going to be enough this year to get them back to the playoffs. And then in second place, I have the Dolphins finishing at 9-8. and eight. Tua will be good, but not great. This offense will be fun, but you can, you're can you going to see that a lot of stuff is left on the table. Like Tua's limited arm and accuracy is going to hurt them, sadly, I feel. This offensive line is improving, but Armstead is he's a player who always struggles to stay healthy, and there's still a lot of unproven talent along it. I like their defense on paper, but it also is like they're getting rid of one of the best defensive minds in Brian Flores. So is it still gonna be good, or was he kind of the glue keeping it together? And then at first place in the division, the Super Bowl Darlings, the Buffalo Bills finishing with a 12 and 5 record. This is a super talented roster. The only real weakness is offensive line. Davis needs to step up, too, as a second option opposite of um, Diggs. And then this defense is going to be good, but the corners definitely look a bit shaky right now. I do trust McDermott to to bring the best out of them, though. Moving on to the AFC South, we have the Texans finishing in last place with a 3-14 record. Uh, I just don't think Mills is going to do good this year, especially with teams getting more tape on him. Another quarterback I see hitting a bit of a sophomore slump. Um, They've got like a lot of all right players on the roster. Like guys like, yeah, okay, yeah, they deserve to be on the NFL roster, but no like superstars. Um, A bad season, though, that I'm obviously predicting is going to put them in position to get a top quarterback and really kick off this rebuild. And in a year or two, definitely this could be a playoff team. A lot of young pieces to build around. 
And then in third place, I have the Jaguars finishing with a nine and eight record, which is a lot higher than a lot of people are expecting. Also third place in the division. Wow. Um, Lawrence, he's going to start to show that us that he is him. But there's just not enough talent around him with like an eh, offensive line and eh, weapons, like despite all the money invested. Uh, Christian Kirk and Zay Jones aren't going to be them. Uh, this defense is definitely looking like it's heading in the right direction, though. They just need to kind of continue developing and get a couple more holes plugged. I'm really excited for the direction of this team. I just still think they're like maybe a year away. And then in second place, I have the Colts also finishing with a 9-8 and eight record, just the way the tiebreakers worked. Um, Colts got the upper hand, you know. Matt Ryan, I, I still think he's going to be regressing. Like, I know he's in a much better spot than he was last year, but he is getting up there in age. And he's a good quarterback, but he's just always had a problem with finishing drives. Like, Julio Jones notoriously never scored touchdowns. And a lot of that was on Matt Ryan just not being able to finish in the red zone. Uh, there's also not a lot of weapons for him to go to here. I'm not as high on Pittman as a lot of people and Pierce as a rookie. Like, how much is he really going to do? Taylor, he's great, though. He's going to be all, um, all pro offensive player of the year candidate. You know, this defense is also just good, not great. And I'm really like starting to get concerned about Shaquille Leonard's injury. Like, is it serious? It sounded like he's he's going to miss significant time. Like, what's going on there? And then I have the Titans finishing first in the division once again at 10 and 7. Uh, King Henry returns and powers the Titans to some wins. This is a tough team that wins a lot of games on paper that they shouldn't, but through like good defense, good coaching, just like a hard nosed attitude, they come out on top. Um, and I also see Traylon Burks coming in on the end of the year, like stepping it up as that difference maker. Maybe not, like, definitely not to AJ Brown's level, but maybe like rookie AJ Brown level, you know? And then this defense is going to be good because of Abel's coaching, but I am definitely a bit worried about the front seven, especially with the injury to Harold Landry. Um, very close to giving them that 10-second record and put them in first tier, but I still think that they have the possibility of winning it all or winning the division. And then in the AFC North, I have the Browns finishing in last place at 5-12, and 12, though Deshaun Watson's suspension definitely hurts. And then it's going to be hard for him just to step in in the middle of the season, act like nothing's happening, and just be their quarterback again. Like, I feel like that's going to be a bit of a rough transition. There's just going to be – they're a very talented roster. They just got this cloud hanging over them for the whole season. Like, oh, like they're, they're the villains. Maybe they lean into that and win a couple more games that they shouldn't. But 11 games of Jacoby Brissett and then Deshaun Watson trying to tra transition, and I just don't see it going too well. Then in third place, I have the Steelers finishing 9-8. and eight. Uh, they just don't have losing seasons under Mike Tomlin. Trubisky, he's going to play all right. Maybe eventually get benched for Pickett, um, and Pickett's going to come in and play all right. You know, uh, I am hyped for these wide receivers though, especially George Pickens. Like, I think he's going to be an instant different maker. I think that was an amazing pick in the second round. This offensive line is still bad though. It's going to hold back this offense a bit, especially with either Trubisky or a rookie quarterback. Uh, this defense should be great as always. There are questions in the secondary, but a strong pass rush will help to offset that. And then in second place, I have the Bengals going 10 and 7. Looking back on it, the offense was just all right last year. Very like mediocre, but carried by explosive plays that just made it look so much better, you know? Um, hopefully, they can be a bit more consistent this year, but that's like putting a lot of faith in Zach Taylor to call these plays and. I don't know, I'm not too excited about what he's going to bring to the table as a play caller again. This O-line should be better, but really it's just going to be average at best. Like, that was 
what they did was good, bringing in a bunch of average guys because it's like, oh, that's better than having a superstar in the holds, like literal, not, not even people standing there. But that still is like, okay, well, if you bring average guys, it's not like you're going to be above average. Um, and then this defense has exciting pieces, though. I really like the way it's all coming together towards the end of the season. It was like, it's what got them through the playoffs. Um, sneakily, I, I think it could be better than their offense. It should be a defensive for first team. And then in first place in the division, I have the Ravens going 12 and 5. The Ravens were good last year, despite being depleted by injuries. Just like barely missing the playoffs, they were the number one seed at one point. Um, I'm liking this offense getting back to the basics with heavy tight ends, leaning into the strengths of Lamar Jackson, targeting the middle of the field, using his legs as a passer on the move, um, obviously in the run game, and then hitting his big targets for big gains. And this defense is looking good, too, if everyone can come back and stay healthy this year. That's that's just their big thing. Like, man, they need to stay healthy. But if they do, this is going to be one of the best teams in the league. And then last but certainly not least, we have the AFC West, the powerhouse division. And boy, I do not think it's going to disappoint. We got the Broncos in fourth place, but they're still finishing nine and eight. I am buying all of the hype on this division. No one's going to finish here with a losing record. The Broncos are super loaded and they should get off to a scorching hot start like they usually do. They go, I feel like every year they go 2 0, even if they have Brock Osweiler at quarterback. But both the Broncos and Russell Wilson are known for cooling off down the stretch. And I think that happens here once again, especially new quarterback, new coach, lots of new on this roster. I think it could kind of just start to sputter as the newness becomes less new. And despite the talent, they're barely going to finish above with a winning record. Um, and that's going to bring us to our third place team, the Las Vegas Raiders, finishing with a 10 and 7 record. There's a lot of fading going on with the Raiders recently, and I almost faded them too. Like, I, I'm, I, I was very torn on a couple of games because I, how I made these, just to make sure that I got all the numbers correctly, I went into a game predictor and just kind of predicted all the games and was like, okay, like made a couple of tweaks and was like, yeah, sure, that looks good. Um, a lot of the fading on the Raiders right now is due to this the horrid offensive line and shaky secondary. But honestly, can this offensive line be worse than what it was last year? Like looking up at it, their left side is still the same. Colton Miller, um, Lester Cotton, and not Lester Cotton, um, John Simpson, and um, Andre James is left tackle to, left, uh, to center. That's going to be the exact same. And you're replacing Alex Leatherwood and Brandon Parker, who were the two worst offensive linemen in the league last year. So it literally can't get worse than that, even though you're putting out Lester Cotton and Jermaine Illuminor. Like, yeah, those are obviously unproven guys. They probably won't be good, but they're going to be at least a small upgrade over Leatherwood and Parker. And then the secondary, at the end of the year, when they beat the Chargers to get in their playoffs, they had Brandon Faison and Desmond Trufant out there taking snaps. Um, seeing significant time due to all the injuries that they had. And yeah, once again, you're going to be better than that with Rocky Sin and Nate Hobbs moving to the outside. Like, yeah, these aren't exciting players. They're going to be around the 20th, 25th secondary and probably around the 30th offensive line. But they had all that and they had a coach get fired or resigned midseason, a star player arrested for killing someone. And they still made the playoffs last year. 
And what they do this year, they added some star players, namely Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones. They have better coaches. This still should be a good team. Um, but obviously, I still have them third in the division because that's just how freaking loaded this division is because the Chargers are going to finish second at 11-6. and six. The Chargers are, are always offseason darlings and never live up to the hikes, but this team is just so loaded that they have to, they, they just have to this year. Like It would be mind-boggling, meltdown, fire everybody sort of thing, barring injuries, if they miss the playoffs or don't live up to the hype, if they like barely squeak in, like you got to start firing people because, man, this roster is loaded. This is, should be one of the best teams in the league, most fun team to watch. Um, I think they will lose some games because of their stupid luck, but, man, I'm excited to watch them play, and they should have one of the best seasons in the league. But obviously not the best. So I have the Chiefs finishing 13-4. and four. They're still the kings of the AFC West. Reed and Mahomes are going to remind everyone just how good this team is, still being one of the best, if not the best, offense. They got a couple of talented receivers that they are going to be able to take advantage of. And this defense is taking steps in the right directions too. I love the Kerr Loftus and McDuffie pickups that they had in the first round this year. And even last year, their defense was playing better down the stretch than normal. This should be one of the league's best teams once again. All right, so then taking a macro view at the whole AFC, um, you got the Chiefs as the one seed, the Bills as the two seed, the Ravens as the three seed, the Titans as the four seed, and then the Chargers as the five seed, the Raiders as the six seed, and the Bengals at the seven seed. And that's not for the lack of trying from all the other teams. This AFC is absolutely loaded. Look at If you look at my predictions right here, I have five teams who just missed the playoffs with a nine and eight record. It's going to be the Dolphins, the Steelers, the Broncos, the Colts, and the Jaguars. And then the Patriots right outside, too, sitting at 8 and 9 and 13th. The Jets, 14th. The Browns, 15th. And the Texans as the worst team in the AFC. All right. So that's how I see the regular season playing out. Obviously, a lot of different things can happen. The NFL is a game of every given Sunday. Um, I'm going to be wrong. and I'm excited to look back at this and laugh at myself and... Also, though, I feel like I will be right about a few things. Obviously, that's what I'm putting out there. Um, it's going to be cool. At the end of the season, I will be doing a little recap video. And, yeah, let me know what you guys think, too. Who am I too low on? Who am I too high on? But with that, let's get on into the playoffs. All right, so starting off the NFC playoffs around one. Uh, first off, we got the Los Angeles Rams heading to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. And I have the Rams taking control of this game and winning it. Um, good to see the Eagles make the playoffs and be host of playoff games as the NFC East representatives. But the Rams are just such a loaded roster, um, talent top to bottom. And the Eagles are a young team, back-to-back -back playoff berths, but not quite the year where I see them uh, winning and making a deep playoff run. Next up, we got the Vikings and the Buccaneers facing off. And once again, I had the more proven roster, the Buccaneers winning this and moving on to the next round. Um, Tom Brady in the playoffs, he's just a different animal. The Vikings know that. Vikings, the Kirk Cousins, he's notoriously bad in big-time games. And once again, I just don't think that he's going to be able to step up and go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Tom freaking Brady. And then with the Niners versus the Saints, uh, once again, more experienced team, the better. Even though they do have the rookie quarterback uh, or second-year quarterback in Trey Lance, uh, I'm just so high on the Niners right now. Like, I, I think the Niners are time for a deep playoff run as long as Trey Lance is good and I'm putting all my eggs in the basket that Trey Lance will be good making the Niners one of the best teams in the league um, taking advantage of that and beating the Saints 
So round two, we got the Rams heading to Green Bay, taking on the Packers and Lambeau and playoff football in Lambeau. That's what it's built for. And now this team is actually built to win in January cold weather football. They aren't a pass first offense. They're a run first offense with a great defense. And I think that the Packers move on quite convincingly um, running the ball. They're going to stifle this defense. Matt Stafford's going to make mistakes. And Rodgers, when he does need to pass it, he's going to be pinpoint accurate and just he's going to be the two-time reigning MVP. Um, And then San Francisco versus Tampa Bay. I have San Francisco keep on advancing. Tom Brady's historical career is likely coming to an end after this season and to go out versus his childhood favorite team um, but sadly he can't he can't get it done this defense is just going to be all over him putting up pressures getting the interceptions getting sacks turning the heat all the way up to 11 Trey Lance and this offense is just going to be ballistic in this postseason so that's going to lead to the NFC conference championship between the Green Bay Packers and the San Francisco 49ers and can the Green Bay Packers finally get multiple monkeys off their backs? Oh, they can't win in January. They beat the Rams and move on to the championship. They can't win the championships. They've been like, what, 0-4 in the last four, and they can't beat the Niners. I think it might be the same number, 0-4 versus the Niners in the playoffs recently. But I think they finally overcome all their deficiencies. This is the year for the Packers. Yes, that might be surprising. They don't have wide receivers um they're gonna they're gonna figure it out though i'm confident in dobbs i'm confident in Watkins or someone stepping up enough and then with aaron jones aj Dillon, aaron Rodgers, one of the best offensive lines in the league they're gonna get enough offense to get it done and this defense as i said in my um talking about them during the regular season this is one of the best defenses top to down that we have ever seen on paper and unless the coaching sucks or injuries or something happens where they don't live up to expectations like this should be the number one defense and if i i think they will be and carry this team to the super bowl moving over to the afc side of things we have the los angeles chargers heading over to tennessee to take on the titans and this is probably one of the worst matchups for the Chargers as they're notoriously bad at run defense and the Titans are just notoriously freaking Derrick Henry. Um, but I still do have the Chargers coming out on top. Uh, just Justin Herbert's going to work some freaking magic. Beat This is going to be a toe-to-toe game the entire time, but the passing attack just is more valuable than the rushing attack, and that's really when we're going to see this here. And the Baltimore Ravens are going to host the Las Vegas Raiders, who I do have also moving on to the second round because this AFC West is just freaking wild, baby. Um, I'm really buying into the Derek Carr, Devontae Adams connection. This offense is going to be clicking on all cylinders, and not much is going to be able to stop it. Um, This defense will have this woes, and this is going to be another exciting matchup, just like week one last year when it went down to overtime with Zay Jones catching the touchdown. But instead of Zay Jones catching touchdowns, now you got Devontae Adams. So, yeah, I have the Las Vegas Raiders moving on there. And then with the last game, we have uh, the Cincinnati Bengals going to Buffalo, taking on the Bills, and the Super Bowl favorites move on there. Um, The Buffalo Bills are just a super loaded roster and we're going to see the matchup that a lot of people wanted to see last year after 
the exciting 13 seconds where the Bills can hold it, people are like, oh, but if Buffalo moved on, they would have beaten the Bengals. Well, now we get to see, will they? And yeah, I think they move on. And then moving on to round two, we have Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Las Vegas Raiders. And this is where the Raiders magic ends once again. Um, the Chiefs are just too much for the Raiders. They've had the Raiders number for, I don't know, almost my whole life, it feels like. Um, and they're going to have it once again. Uh, there's only one time in Mahomes' career that he's lost to the Raiders. And maybe it happens again this season in the regular season, but come playoff time, the Chiefs are a different animal. They're a different breed. They've been there before. They know how to win in the postseason. And the Raiders still got to learn that. And I just don't think this is the year that they do it. Um, sadly enough, I'm a diehard Raiders fan. I don't want to be putting the Chiefs winning, but hey, like I got to be realistic here. The Chiefs are one of the best teams in the league, and they're gonna if they don't make the conference championship, that will be extremely surprising and disappointing. And then the second game, we have the Los Angeles Chargers heading to Buffalo, taking on the Bills, um, and I have the Bills moving on once again. Um, they're the more explosive offense, the better overall team, still better quarterback. They're just, getting closer and closer, and I think people are going to be arguing this all throughout the season, which athletic, strong-arm, young quarterback is better between Josh Allen and Justin Herbert. I'm still leaning Josh Allen. He's just different breed in this defense. I also trust the Buffalo defense a little bit more, um, especially towards the end of the season when the attrition's starting to hit in. You got players who've been there before, too, like Von Miller, and the playoffs is just a different breed, and he, he's going to take over a game, and I feel like this is one to do it against Trey Pipkins or Storm Norton. That makes the AFC Championship game, Buffalo versus Kansas City, an exciting rematch that we all want to see. This was the game of the year last year, and it might be the game of the year this year again. And this time, though, I do have Buffalo getting that monkey off their back, overcoming the Chiefs, making it to the Super Bowl for the first time since, what, they went 0-4 in that one stretch. Um, Sign times, breaking through tables, this offense. This is, this is just going to be a crazy game that could go either way, back and forth, but the offense is clicking on each side, but Buffalo gets the last laugh this time. Uh, moving on to face the Green Bay Packers in Phoenix for the Super Bowl. And this is going to be a super, super fun Super Bowl. This is one of my favorite matchups. This I really, really want to see this to go down for personal enjoyment. And I also think it's extremely likely. Um, you got the Packers with an all-time great defense with the back-to-back MVP quarterback. I don't think he went to three times in a row. Maybe he does, but either way, he's going to be there again and be in the conversation because he's elevating this offense that has no wide receivers on paper to still be a competent passing attack, but this rushing attack is just absolutely dominant. And then you have the Buffalo Bills on the other side. Exciting young gunslinging quarterback coming to take Aaron Rodgers' throne as the most talented quarterback to ever play. He's got the arm, he's got the accuracy, he's got the mobility, um, he's got the receiving weapons in Diggs and Davis, but this offensive line is a little shaky, and going against this defense that has no holes, I think they're going to fall just short. It's going to be an exciting game, um, but the Green Bay Packers, I feel, are going to come out on top, and Rodgers finally gets that second Super Bowl ring that people have been complaining about for years now. Once again, just having a little fun with the predictions. Let me know what you guys think. Um, 
obviously a lot of people are going to disagree and I'm excited to hear I'm going to be wrong probably like it's a lot more likely if I was right I'd put freaking money on this and be rich and wouldn't just be starting off as a YouTuber but hey let me know what you guys think if I made some good arguments for what I um, see happening or what you think actually will happen instead and let's talk about it at the end of the season too. Uh, and now for the final segment of this episode, I'm going to be doing my awards predictions, uh, throwing out a couple. Uh, I will be doing a my chalk pick or my real pick, the one that I actually think will happen. And then I'm also going to be putting a sleeper pick for each category with someone who's outside the top 10 in betting. But someone's just like, oh, keep an eye on him. Like maybe he can make some noise, sneak his way up and um, actually win at one of these awards. So starting things off, we're going to do coach of the year where I have Nick Sirianni winning it. Uh, I am high on the Eagles. I think they come out and win the NFC East and just his second season as the head coach with a really young raw quarterback that he's been developing here and Jalen Hurts. And I think he's going to um, expand this offense and elevate Jalen Hurts' ability both as a thrower and as a runner is going to really elevate this offense along with all the pieces that they're adding in. And this will be one of the best offenses in the league under the offensive-minded head coach Nick Sirianni. And then a sleeper pick I have is Dennis Allen. If he's able to make the playoffs with Jameis Winston after all this um, questions with, uh, what's his face, Sean Payton. Wow, that took me way too long. With Sean Payton leaving, uh, if he's still able to make the playoffs and have a pretty competent offense while also having one of the best, if not the best defenses in the league, then he definitely could squander a couple votes. Then for comeback player of the year, I have Derrick Henry. Um, he's the number one odds favorite to win it right now, and for a good reason. He is the best running back in the league when healthy. Maybe Jonathan Taylor's coming for that crown, but you can't just give Taylor that crown because Henry wasn't playing. If Henry comes back in his full force, like I think he will be, he's going to win comeback player of the year easily. And my sleeper pick is Saquon, kind of bending the rules here. Um, he was tied for 10th place for comeback player of the year, but no one else I really wanted to pick outside the, like truly outside the top 10. So yeah, whatever. I, I'm still going Saquon. Uh, I still believe in his talent. This offensive line though is still giving me pause, but if he's if he can stay healthy for a whole season and be productive, then yeah, there's still a chance he wins comeback player of the year. And if he has like a Pro Bowl caliber season, that really wouldn't shock me. And that might be enough to win comeback player of the year if Derrick Henry or a couple of these other players don't have these amazing seasons. Then for defensive rookie of the year, I have Aiden Hutchinson, uh, number two overall pick, also the betting odds odd favorite. Um, yeah, not, not too shocking with these last two picks, sorry. But like there's a reason why these guys are favorites. Um, the Lions have an extremely deep edge group that they're going to be rotating, keep guys healthy, and Hutch is going to be able to just tee off, get like eight to ten sacks, have a really nice rookie season, and he's the number two overall pick. All these lights are already on him, and yeah, I just think he's the most likely to do it. But do keep your eye on George Karloftis, the Kansas City Chiefs edge rusher. He's uh, was taken, I think, like 30th overall, and he's not like this toolsy, crazy athlete, but he's... He's got the pass rushing tools. He's got the finesse. He's got the, he's like the technician type route, um, not route runner, um, edge rusher. Like think Nick Bosa, just not in Nick Bosa's body, you know, like a less athletic Nick Bosa, someone who can still win with his hands and get through offensive linemen. If he has a good season rushing next to Chris Jones, that wouldn't be too shocking. And he could win the defensive rookie of the year. Then for Offensive Rookie of the Year, I have George Pickens. As I said earlier, talking about the Steelers, I am buying 
all of the George Pickens hype. Um, I was mocking him in the first round in my first mock drafts. Um, I think I had like one or two where I didn't put him in there just because I'm like, okay, not like not a lot of people are saying he's a first round receiver, but man, he's so, looks so freaking good a couple years ago at Georgia. And yeah, like he missed time with injuries and he has these character question marks looking like a menace out there when he got drafted. But I mean, I think it's just like those question marks are all just fun and games. Like he's a bit immature, but like the Steelers were able to control Antonio Brown. So I, I think he'll be just fine and be one of the best receivers, at least young rookie receivers in the league next year. And then a sleeper, um, this isn't even too much of a sleeper. Damian Pierce, he was like 15th best odds or something. I was kind of shocked by that. He's going to be the lead bell cow back in Houston. Um, and just because of that, he's going to get the touches, the targets, the looks. He's going to he's going to be able to put up the numbers to garner some attention and possibly take the rookie of the year if there's not a lot of people producing as rookies. And then for defensive player of the year, I have Nick Bosa, uh, the Niners edge rusher coming off of a season where he had 15 and a half sacks. And man, just since the day he stepped on the field as the rookie, he was one of the best pass rushers in the league, getting better and better each season. And this Niners defense is coming along together around him. And I think he's going to take advantage of that, have another 15 to 20 sack season and win the defensive player of the year honors. And Sleeper was kind of tough. I was thinking Rashawn Gary. I wanted to put Rashawn Gary, but he was like seventh. And I'm like, no, like I'll stick outside the top 10 still. Like that's not deep enough. So I was looking, um, not a lot of edge defenders that I thought like really had a shot to win it. So looking at cornerbacks, definitely Jalen Ramsey, Jair Alexander. Those ones are fun. But what if Patrick Sertain won it? The second year cornerback, son of uh, Pat Sertain. Sertain showed all the skills of being one of the top cornerbacks in the league as a freaking rookie. And if he steps along up along that with the Broncos, if the Broncos have a really good team, which is very, very likely, like I, I know I have them fishing nine and eight, so they'd probably have to finish with a bit better record than that for certain to finish as a defensive player of the year. But I definitely think that's possible for him just to lock down one side of the field. And if he had a Stefan Gilmore type season and he has good ball skills, he can get a couple picks. He'll get his hand on the, on the ball while also locking down his, um, the opposing receiver. So I think it's a very, very long shot. Like, I think one of these edge rushers or Aaron Donald will win it. But if you're looking for a sleeper, Sertain isn't. Like, I don't think that's too crazy of a choice. Then for Offensive Player of the Year, I got to go with Justin Jefferson. Um, bringing over this Kevin O'Connell through Sean McVay offense, um, he's going to play a lot of that Cooper Cup role, see a lot of heavy targets, and that offense is actually going to want to pass the ball with a good quarterback in Kirk Cousins. He's... Got a chance. I don't I don't think he'll get triple crown. Maybe he does. He's, I think, the most likely to get triple crown out of the receivers. I don't think Cooper Cup can repeat, especially with Allen Robinson out there. Um, but he's going to see hella targets. He's going to be used in creative ways. And I think he'll be the best offensive player, non-quarterback in football next year. Um, Non-offensive lineman, too, because Trent Williams exists. Um, but then my sleeper pick is Aaron Jones. As I said, Packers don't have wide receivers. That's no secret. Everyone knows that. Aaron Jones has receiver-like abilities. So if he has like a 1,000 rushing yards on the ground splitting carries, he could easily also have a 1,000 yards as a receiver split out wide, two running back sets, or just being the check down on the backfield. Um, if he puts together a 2,000-yard, 20 total touchdown season, as like they're just going to need to lean on him, that wouldn't shock me too much. And... 
like I was looking and, and scrolling through the list, looking at the odds, thinking like, oh, who's a good pick? And I saw Ann Jones sitting there like kind of far down. I I should have written down how far down he was, but I was like, oh, that's that's not a bad, like outside the top 10, like I think it might have been outside the top 20. Like that's a pretty, pretty good deal, like for a sleeper pick. And then last, but certainly not least, the most important award in the whole NFL, we got the MVP award going once again to Patrick Mahomes. Um, he's, I've got the Chiefs finishing 13 and four despite trading away Tyree Carroll, still being one of the best offenses. He's gonna be electric. He's hearing all this criticism, all this hate. Oh, he can't handle two high shells from people who just learned what a two high shell was a month ago. He's gonna wanna shut people up. And these receivers also are gonna wanna prove people wrong. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster came into the league electric and now people will like barely think that he can run or something. Like They just think that he's a non-existent receiver. MVS is always like, oh, he's good, but he doesn't have hands. Um, Michael Hardman, don't know what's going on with him. Why isn't he good? And Sky Moore, he's a rookie second round pick, undersized. These guys are going to want to go out there and prove people wrong. And so is Mahomes. So is Kelsey. Everyone out here is out for blood. And I think Mahomes just has one of these incredible seasons again. Maybe not like his sophomore campaign putting up 50 touchdowns, but like 5,000 yards, 42 touchdowns, and being like, yeah, I'm still him. And then my sleeper pick is Lance. As you guys know by now, I'm very high on the 49ers. And a lot of that is because of Trey Lance. Um, he is this very raw prospect a lot a lot of different outcomes can happen this season and i'm on the boat that he is a hard-working kid he's gonna he's put in the work this offseason he's learned the playbook he's worked his mechanics with uh kyle shanahan he's gonna be the player that kyle shanahan wanted at third overall and elevate this offense to new heights and I'm just I'm so excited to see it, see what happens. There's a lot of a lot of recently before the back to back Aaron Rodgers MVPs. It was like second year breakout players or just like guys who kind of came out of nowhere. And that can be Lance this season. And that's why I'm putting him as my sleeper pick. Yeah, let me got let me know what you guys think about all the different uh, awards. Who's your coach of the year? Who's your MVP offensive player of the year? We're gonna have a lot of differences, and I'm excited to see what you guys think too because. Yeah, just talking football, that's what we're all here for, right? All right, and now it's time for the final segment of the episode. As I said at the beginning, as you guys are more than well aware of, today is the kickoff for the National Football League. we got the Buffalo Bills heading to the defending champion, Los Angeles Rams, Super Bowl favorites versus the Super Bowl defenders. Who's going to win it? I've actually got the underdog, surprisingly underdog, Los Angeles Rams t- pulling off the upset. The spread's two and a half, at least as of right now. Um, either way, cover when. Um, what I'm going to do throughout the series, I'm going to be previewing every single game um, on my next episode coming out Friday. Uh, I'm going to talk about three key matchups that I'm looking at, three key swing factors of the game. So we're going to start that right now. And my first pivotal matchup I see is the Rams wide receivers versus the Bills corners. Uh, Trey White is out. You got Kyer Elam starting his first game. And then opposite of him, Dane Jackson, 2027th round pick versus reigning offensive player of the year, Cooper Cup. And 
amazing all-pro wide receiver Allen Robinson. I'm expecting the Rams to have a huge upper hand in this matchup and be one of the deciding factors of the game because that just I, I just feel that is such a lopsided matchup that the it, Rams are going to dominate and offense, especially early on in September, um, the off offensive football is just electric and that's going to help the Rams overcome the Bills. The second pivotal matchup I have is the defensive line of the Rams versus the Bills offensive line. Once again, this is a Rams strength going on a Bills weakness. Um, mostly Rams strength because of Aaron Donald. He's going to elevate everyone else on that defensive unit. And yeah, I don't think that the offensive line of the Bills is, I don't think they're bad, but I don't think they're good. And just going against freaking Aaron Donald, who you're going to have to triple team. And then Leonard Floyd screaming off the edge. Like, I think this is another matchup that's leaning heavily in the Rams' favor that the Bills need to do all they can. Six O-linemen, extra running back to block to help to prevent that. And then the third matchup is on the flip side. I have the Rams' offensive line versus the Bills' defensive line. And I do think that the Bills have the edge here. Um... The Rams have Joseph Noteboom, first time being the full-year starter there, and then also uh, Coleman Shelton starting. Logan Bruss on IR, the rookie out uh, third-round pick. And Coleman Shelton, a practice squad pickup, I believe, from the Cardinals, starting at guard versus the Bills, who have Ed Oliver, who could have finally that breakout year. He's been improving every year after being like a what many viewed as like a blue-chip extremely talented pass rusher coming out of Houston a couple years ago. You got Von Miller, Greg Rousseau, um, AJ Epineza, a lot of very deep, talented edge group that I think will take advantage of this offensive line. And if Matthew Stafford's elbow is bothering him, having Von Miller in his face tackling him isn't going to be any help, obviously. All right. So I do, though, have the Rams still coming out on top. Let me know if you guys agree, if you disagree. And yeah, as I said, I'm going to be posting again tomorrow and see you all then.